We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. It is 1235 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. St. Paul, Minnesota. Coming up, uh, we're going to hook up with our headliner, uh, Drew Remenda for ATB Financial. ATB Financial, proud supporters of amateur hockey in the province of Alberta. Uh, ATB Financial on board with the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, the Alberta Golden Bears, Hockey Alberta. ATB, ATB Financial, you have goals, they have the assist. So we'll get to Drew in a second. I, I do want to get to text, tweets, and emails because we got a lot coming in on two different topics. Um, and uh, Jesse, Raider Jesse, has tweeted me at Bob underscore Stoffer and said, Bob, it was old school fans mad that Nurse broke the code who were critical of Darnell's action. Most pro analytics types felt it was fine as an emotional response. Okay, well, uh, you know, Raider Jesse, you're one of those guys that's got some time for the analytics. I'll take your word that that's your perception. And you can uh, text us at 630, 630, tweet us at now. Uh, uh, and we got lots going on. This text comes in. Well, it just recalibrated. We have a system that recalibrates on the fly, and then it bumps things down. Bob, I was listening to NHL Radio Network this morning, and Nurse got hammered to the stake. I say to the hell with them. The orders have been pushed around since Hemsky and uh, Stoffer's favorite player, Pancake Panner, was on Hammer's line. Panner always disappeared when Hemsky got creamed. Well, no more. Uh, Nurse sent a clear message that those days are over. The Oilers are no longer perceived as a soft team. Good on Darnell. That one comes to us from Burnt Reynolds. Uh, actually, I can highlight a play with Dustin Penner. Uh, it happened against Atlanta where Alex Shamsky got train wrecked with a hit and Penner jumped. Uh, the guy played in, in the Western League. He was a defenseman. Uh, kind of tough that played in Atlanta mid 2000s, mid to late 2000s. Um, you can text us at 630, 630. Um, what a loser. No one supports us but you homers. Uh, he got what he deserved. That text comes to us out of Calgary. Why is it that we get so many people from Calgary that feel compelled to troll? I, I don't understand that. Like, Edmontonians, you know, and it, 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 it's just like, you know what, if you're on air in Edmonton, and you're slagging Calgary as a market, it's a poor shtick. Okay? You gotta be better than that. You gotta be better than that. Um, you can, and, and the same goes for tech, like, you know what? Every time you text from Calgary, you gotta sit there and crap on the orders, convert, you know what I mean? Because I would hope that guys from Edmonton don't text, because the Flames aren't exactly knocking it out of the park this year. They've had a tough year as well, and they're gonna have two pretty interesting uh, uh, contracts to get done here. But, I mean, I want the Battle of Alberta. I want Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver, and Winnipeg to have the four best teams in the West. Right now, I think we all know where they are, so there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done. Here Now, here is a different text out of Calgary. And where did it go? Um, it, yes. Uh, Andrews, uh, okay. JR from Calgary says, Bob, three games for Darnell Nurse is complete BS. I could see a game, but three is garbage. That comes to us from JR from Calgary. So we do have a smart texter from Calgary. Lethbridge says the Darnell's nurse suspension is stupid. Um, Andrew D. says three games. It's time for an NHL revolution. Holy cow, political correctness. Uh, Topher Allen. 
Topher Allen out of Red Deer, who I, I think is an, an, an Oiler troller. I think that's how I describe him. Uh, and we got I know some really smart guys down in Red Deer. Don't know if I put Topher Allen in this. He's a smart ass, but I don't know if he's smart. Three games seems a little light to me. It was a world-class punk move, says Topher Allen, one of the cheapest seen in a while. You can text us at 630, 630. Uh, get some mileage out of it like you did with Dennis Weidman. Well, Dennis Weidman hit a ref, an unsuspecting ref from behind. Okay? It's a little bit different. Sorry. It's, it was a different situation. Uh, another text out of uh, Lethbridge says, Polak is a wuss. I can't watch NHL hockey anymore. It's turning into soccer. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us uh, at Oilers now. So, oh, man, they're flying in now. Brandon, we got some guys that are upset at you, too. Uh, but yeah, not read that one. I, I saw that one. Okay. Where did it go? Another text out of Calgary. Mr. Tough Guy Darnell Nurse needs to man up and uh, go face-to-face with an opponent and duke it out, not the way he did it. Okay, well, it's funny you mention that because he has fought a couple guys from Calgary this year. In the rookie tournament, Rasmus Anderson insisted on Nurse fighting him. He did. He pushed him. Nurse looked at him like, what are you doing? And Nurse speed-bagged him and kicked the snot out of him. And then the Flames uh, had bullying running around in the preseason game and Hunter Smith. And if you take a look at uh, Hunter Smith's face at the NLAD fight, I think it crosses. Hunter Smith, six foot six, by the way. I think you get the sense that uh, he he likely busted up his nose because he was bleeding uh, rather substantially. You can text us. Shane says, "Bob, don't feed the trolls." Well, I I, I want to give people equal time. Uh, Rod from Edmonton says, "Bob, Edmonton totally needed this. We have a uh, we have to." Uh, be a team, and we've got to trust our teammates and get better as a team. Obviously, we found out that's just not an individual effort. Even going back to the Gretzky days, he had great support around him. Way to go, Darnell Nurse. That one comes to us from Rod in uh, in Edmonton. Now, where was the one that was ripping you? How far yeah, down here, I found it, Bob. It's uh, from Cole. He says, wow, Brendan, you really come off as a pompous D-bag talking about Eakins like that. Is McClellan supposed to be a top-notch coach, yet we are in last place again? And we have McDavid. Maybe it's not the coaches. The Edmonton media and fans have to be the worst in the NHL. How long before you guys run McDavid out of town? That's from Cole. All right, Cole. Well, well, I guess time will tell how things progress uh, with the Edmonton Oilers organization. Bob, I live for blood and guts hockey. Looks fine from here. That comes to us from Jordan and Calgary in terms of... Uh, a perspective on uh, Darnell Nurse's actions. Chris from Red Deer says, Bob, do us all a favor. Stop reading Topher Allen's text, please. He's an idiot, and he doesn't have any good points. Be a good radio station and ignore this individual. That one comes to us from Chris in Red Deer. So, obviously, Chris doesn't want Topher Allen getting all the love out of Red Deer or the hate. Uh, anyhow, that's part of, you know, you gotta, you, you just can't sit there and read the ones that everybody likes, can you? You know, so no, what fun would that be? Right? So sometimes Topher Allen makes some interesting points. Sometimes. There is some pretty strong text coming in on uh, on Dallas Aikens. Uh, we'll take the high road. That's all I'm going to say. There's some pretty... Um, yeah. Is that fair to say, Brendan? There's some strong commentary coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. We read Coles, who was uh, against what I had to say, but for the most part, I think uh, people were fine with it, so we'll, we'll yeah. move on from that. And, and again, 
and I, I'm of the volition. I, I, I want to see Dallas be successful. We'll see, uh, you know, if he gets another opportunity to be an NHL head coach. Um, you know, smart people learn from difficult situations, and it, it is interesting, though. Like I, you know, I've been around Todd McClellan a lot, obviously, because I have the privilege of traveling with the team. And, um, you know, he had some pretty successful times in San Jose. In the end, they decided to go their separate ways. Um, but he hasn't commented other than glowingly about his experience in San Jose and what that opportunity meant to him and, you know, the growth for his family and all that sort of thing. And there was, there was nothing understated in anything that he has uh, said about, you know, what happened with him and Doug Wilson or in, with the Sharks. He's never gone down that path which uh, probably wouldn't surprise their next guest, Drew Remenda from NHL Hockey and Rogers. But the fact is I pre-taped this conversation, so we're not going to talk about that. Uh, without further ado, here's Drew Remenda. Drew, some challenges tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, already depleted on the back end. and uh, Well, I think we all know it's going to be coming down the pipe here. But, hey, just before we get to it, let's talk a bit about the Darnell Nurse situation. Uh, the other night, the Oilers in the past have been accused of being soft and easy to play against. They're trying to change the identity of their hockey club. Peter Chiarelli bringing in Zach Cassian and uh, Patrick Maroon this year. And then a guy like Darnell Nurse who has a dimension to his game. Uh, your thoughts on what we saw the other night? Um, there's been a lot of discussion about it, and you know where I stand on the whole fighting thing and whether that makes you a tough team or not, um, or makes you a tough team to play against or not. But in this instance, what Darnell did or why he did what he did, he was mistaken because Matt Hendricks went on the boards on his own. Uh, we can all, we, you know what, we'll forget all the facts of the case. What we'll say is that the referee tried to give the, the orders a break by not instituting the right rule uh, for Darnell. Darnell went after Roman Polak in, with the good intentions. Like I tell my kids, the road to hell is paid with good intentions. The aspect of what Darnell did does a couple of things. Um... I think what you, I guess, let me just say this. What he did and for why he did it, everybody, I think, for the Edmonton Oilers side thinks that it was great. He could have done it a different way. He could have handled it a different way. If you're going to do that, if you're going to be standing up for your teammates and be an honorable guy, then you square up with the guy, you drop the gloves, and you go. Just like Matt Hendricks did against Florida. But what this does on the other end is the stuff that we don't get to see and the fans don't get to see is in that dressing room what does it do and without a doubt it's the type of thing that the players love and on the other 29 dressing rooms they take notice don't think for a second that the other 29 dressing rooms the next morning we're going hey did you see nurse and polak in in edmonton did you see what that kid did now, Roman Polak's a tough guy. He fights a lot of guys, and he plays a mean game. If you don't think around the league that that got noticed, then you don't know the National Hockey League. It did. And so what that does for Darnell, it earns him a little bit more of a reputation of, holy crap, we better be careful when 25's on the ice. And that is invaluable for any team anywhere. It's the, the nuclear deterrent for an NHL team, having that guy on your bench and that guy's going to play some minutes, that does a lot for your team. And then you've got Maroon and Cassian and Party right now, so you look at the way that the Oilers are, 
Darnell all of a sudden now has that switch and has that reputation where people will notice around the league, and that's important. We're joined by Drew Romano from NHL Hockey on Rogers. <laughs> Drew, the uh, the orders are depleted on the back end. Uh, obviously, the Oscar Clefbaum situation this year very frustrating for everybody involved, including Oscar <laughs> and, and the team. Uh, Brandon Davidson going down against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, it was such a tough thing to see, especially based upon his growth during the course of this year. As a result, you know Schultz has been traded. You've got injuries to Eric Ryan, who came in and did a good job. Um, they're basically down four or five defensemen here. Is there really any way to fairly evaluate the Edmonton Oilers carrying forward, given the lack of, or you can make an argument tonight, Minnesota is, other than Andre Sekra, they're four or five defensemen better than Edmonton. Yeah, they are. I, I think that's why, well, not why, but it was a fortunate bit of uh, luck or coaching that allow the owners to say, okay, these last 18 games which Todd McCullen and, and the coaching staff came up with, we're going to reset. We're going to reset new goals, and this is what we're looking for and, look, and wanting to move forward. It gives you a wonderful chance to have tryouts for some defensemen who are in the A and get brought up. It gives you another chance to hopefully showcase some guys that maybe, maybe some other teams would want. Um, but as far as can you evaluate, we talked about this in, in L.A., Bob, that you can evaluate even though it's not the try league, it's the get it done league, but for the Oilers, you can evaluate their heart, their character, their try, whatever you want, their desire to play. It doesn't give you an excuse just because you're, you're down guys and don't have your full lineup. It doesn't give you an excuse just to go into games and stay on the outside and not compete. I think that's the one thing we should all look for if we're watching the Edmonton Oilers and being with this team and the fans, of course, watching them. Are they still competing like they've got a full lineup and like it means something? Drew, what do you think of the line changes? Tonight it looks like we're going to see Taylor Hall and Connor McDavid start a game together basically for the first time since the first three or four games of the regular season. Zach Cassian will play on their right side. Patrick Maroon on the left side with Leon Dreisaitl and Jordan Everly. It was funny, you know, I was listening to uh, Reed after the game against, uh, against the Sharks and people phoning in complaining about uh, how Todd changes the lines up. Now, he's doing it over five minutes, and he's always changing lines. Well, no, he's not. He did it after 40 minutes because the first 40 minutes, they weren't getting squat. Yep. And so you, you go out and you try to change the lines. That's what coaches do. Um, I, I don't know what I think of the line changes yet. I mean, you have to do something as a coach. You just can't stand pat when nothing's happening. Uh, to see Connor and Taylor, I think you talked about it yesterday on your, sh on your show, is the fact that they hoped that Connor could drive a line and Taylor could drive a line. Well, that hasn't happened. That's slowed down. So you have to change something up. Um, I like the lines. I think, again, you said this yesterday. You cannot deny that there is so much skill with Connor and Taylor and Leon and Jordan. You look at those guys and go, you know, they should be able to get something done and should be able to right. provide some offense. But if you don't play, and I'll, I know I sound like a broken record, but if you don't play the right way, if you don't play with details, if you're not willing to go in the middle of the ice, if you're willing to stay on the outside, if you're not willing to follow up your shots, you're not willing to do the right things, that skill's not going to get you anywhere. And I think that's why when you have a guy like Patrick Maroon on the line, or you can bring a Cassian up, or you can bring somebody with size, that, that should help you get to the inside. And if you don't get to the inside, you know as well as I do, you're not scoring goals in this league. 
Drew, talk about scoring goals, power play. Can we extend that metaphor for the power play, or do we have to factor in the absence on the back end of not having, you know, is it a combination of factors that's got him 26? Because, say what you want, maybe it was just puck luck for Todd Nelson, but he closed last year with the one thing he had that, that maybe bluffed the Oilers' one-loss record was they had a decent power play, and the guys in San Jose, seven years, they had the second-best power play in the NHL. To me, the power play has been a, probably the biggest disappointment this year for the hockey club. When you talk to Jay Woodcroft, he's very frustrated with it. Again, if you don't have details in your game, Bob, you're not going to score. The one reason that the San Jose Sharks power play was so good, those guys have been together for six years. They had a back end that could transport the puck through the neutral zone when you had Danny Boyle and Brent Burns. Um, you had, and Pavelski played the back end a lot on that power play. You had guys that could get the puck to the net on the power play, but they were detailed guys. When their power play sagged in San Jose, it's because they lost the detail. They stand around, they dust the puck off. They would try to pass the puck in the net instead of back to the point getting it through 15 seconds boom around the puck and then you're treating so I talked to Jay Woodcroft as a matter of fact about it today what about the power play he said all we do is we keep going back to the foundation winning face off retrieving pucks getting pucks to net transporting the puck with support how many times can that power play walk into the zone and turn it over high it's one of my pet peeves in the world. You watched St. Louis last night. You watched Chicago last night. Their power plays, they get it down. They get it deep. They will chip it past guys. They'll retrieve it. They'll throw it away from pressure. Then they'll establish and go to work. And when they establish and go to work, it's direct passes. It's a direct path to the net. So, yes, it is a combination not having anybody in the back end that can do that or is willing to get the or can get the puck through or is willing to bring the puck through with the right speed and support. But... Overall, when you look at it, it is a disappointment for the coaches. They're upset about it. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to crap too hardly on the on the guys. But for crying out loud, you've got to have details in your game. They, after all this time, Bob, don't you think it's time they figure it out? That if you don't have details and you don't have the right attitude going into a power, just into a game, you're not going to be able to be successful. One final question for Drew Romenda from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he could be back Saturday. Where would you play him? Oof. Ah, would boy. You, would you put him with Yakupov and Korpakoski, or would you reunite Hall with Drysaddle and Nugent Hopkins? What would you do there? I'd probably do that. I'd probably put him with Hall and Nugent Hopkins. And Todd has a history of putting guys into a, into a situation to give them the chance for immediate success. Um, I think when you put any anybody where they where they shouldn't be, I, you're going you're to worry about his time, of course, and everything else. But with where they are in the standings, does it matter if you put them and play them 17, 18 minutes? It doesn't to me. I think I think you put it, give them the best chance to success, which is up with Taylor and Leon and see where that goes. And, Leon, and Leon's on the wing is something that they've wanted to try for a while. Good stuff, Drew. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, we hope so. Okay. Hockey on Rogers. That's Drew Remenda. My guess is that when Ryan Nugent Hopkins returns to the lineup, which could be Saturday, that you will see Mark Letestu move to the left wing on that line, uh, or possibly, I guess, to the right wing, whatever the case. Maybe left wing with Yakupov on the right side. And they would do that 
so that they could have a test to assist Nugent Hopkins in taking face-offs. That would be a guess of mine. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. And if you're looking for a great last-minute vacation, join New West Travel April 7th for an incredible fun-in-the-sun holiday to Cuba. You fly Transit Holidays and stay at the all-inclusive four-and-a-half-star Warwick KO Santa Maria Resort, which includes all of your meals, drinks, and special entertainment, including uh, live Cubana musicians, plus parking at the Edmonton Airport's Value Park. Join New West Travel in Santa Maria. Tons of fun, just over $1,189. Actually, at $1,189. Call New West Travel. In Edmonton or online at newestravel.com. Back with more on orders now after this. It's 1255, uh, yeah, 1255 in Edmonton. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. Now, I know that Topher Allen is the president of the Oscar Clefbaum fan club. Uh, Oscar remains out to not travel with the team though he did skate with equipment on the other day. A quick text, it's uh, 12.58 in Edmonton, uh, still to come on today's show. We will get to uh, interviews with Connor McDavid, Zach Parise, as well as Alan May. He's going to have an interesting perspective on Darnell Nurse and uh, Mike Greenlay, the Minnesota Wild TV uh, analyst. Uh, this text comes to us from a voice from a past, a.k.a. the Chiseler. And the chiseler says, Bob, Darnell Nurse is the man. Dallas Aikens, the record spoke for itself. Bob, you're all fired up because Penner was your favorite player of all time, isn't he? Oh, no, actually, Chisler, Gila Fleur, Mark Messier were my two favorite players of all time. Uh, chiseler adds, he goes, Bob, I always thought uh, Igor Yulinov was your favorite order. You know, there was like a cult following for Yulinov as an order for a while, but not me. Tell Brandon that I'm not upset with him, I'm not a troll, and definitely not from Calgary. Uh, Letestu Fontaine, get it, uh, go at it tonight. It'll be a Pontiac-type reunion. The Oilers roll. Dube craps the bed. Well, Dube's ain't in goal. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be Darcy Camper, not Devin Dubnik. Uh the defense uh, is uh, is a little thin. The owner's going to have to overcome that. And the chiseler adds, McDavid gets three, and my boy Crack with two. Adam Crack, though. I'm not sure we're going to see Adam in the lineup tonight, chiseler, but uh, we'll wait and see. Off to the 630 Chet News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. Lots of still coming orders now.